Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. By the year 2050, it's estimated that there will be as much plastic in the ocean as there are fish. The industrial fishing industry actually generates a staggering 10% of this waste in the form of abandoned fish nets and fishing gear. Approximately 640,000 tons each year. It's estimated that 46% of the plastic in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch comes from fishing gear. My guest today combined her passion for fashion, swimming, being active, and being outdoors, and decided to do her part to tackle the plastic in the ocean in a really unique way. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Hannah Tomita, the founder and designer of Kyra Active. Hannah grew up in Hawaii and moved to California in college. And after stumbling into her passion for fashion while a senior and simultaneously unwilling to spend $80 each on tops and bottoms of swimsuits sold in stores, she decided to sew her own swimwear. She actually taught herself by watching YouTube videos and reading articles online And then having built a portfolio, she was able to get a job as an assistant designer at a swimwear design consultancy where she had the opportunity to work with several high-profile international brands. Then she discovered from growing up in Hawaii about the issue of the plastic in the ocean, and she wanted to tackle it. And so Kyra Active actually makes all of their products out of recycled fishnets and fishing gear. This was such a cool conversation. I love people who take a passion like this and an issue that's just really unique, and they tackle it in a really innovative way. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Hannah. Hey, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. I am so, so, so excited to have you today. Where are you talking to us from? So I'm uh, currently in Santa Monica. Okay. Do you, Mm -hmm. is that where you live full time? Yes. Okay, cool. Because I know that you grew up in Hawaii, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wasn't sure if you still kind of like travel back and forth or if you're pretty much like you call California home now. Um, I travel at least maybe like a couple times a year, but pretty much I am full time in LA now. Awesome. Awesome. I have never been to Hawaii, but I mean, I'm sure that like having grown up in Hawaii, when you tell people that they're always like, I'm sure that's like the the million dollar question. Like if I had a nickel (laughs) for every time someone says, oh, you grew up in Hawaii. What was it like? Um, but yeah, Yeah. I'm just going to have to ask that question. You grew up in Hawaii. What was it like growing up in Hawaii? Yeah, um, it's beautiful there. Um, I grew up like going to the ocean at least like a couple times a week. Um, Hiking, there's beautiful hikes um, and it's very accessible. So 
you know, I pretty much spent all of my childhood like outdoors. Which um, island did you grow up on? Um, Oahu, where oh. Honolulu is. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. You have my... to go someday. It's like beautiful there. Oh my gosh. Well, my best friend actually just got back from, she's a travel agent. And so she mm-hmm. went to this training for, I think it was like eight days. Um, and she went to this training on uh, the island of Oahu and Mm -hmm. she got to like travel all around the island and got to visit all these different places so that she could kind of get training so that you know if somebody's like hey I'm interested in a trip to Hawaii then she could you know have some recommendations because she's been able to be there and see it and all of her pictures as she was posting her pictures on social media I was just oh I was like take me there please take me there (laughs) yeah you have to go it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and um, my husband is going to roll his eyes when I say this because like I have said that my like a bucket list item for me is um, I am a very very hardcore longtime fan of the show Lost <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> and I know I know you can like go and see the you can do like a Lost tour and like see all the, yeah. the filming locations yeah Lost tour yeah <laughs> and like Jurassic Park tour like it's, yeah it's I'm like really I mean fun. I mean like Jurassic Park tour would be fine but like I would completely like freak out fangirl over a Lost store and I realized maybe that makes me a loser or a nerd I don't really care but I'm just like no that's that's what I want to see I want to see where the others lived I want to see where 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 Charlie played golf okay that's what I want to see um okay anybody who has never seen Lost is probably like what is she talking about that show's been off the air for like 10 years it's fine um okay anyway so I'm rambling but uh Hannah I'm going to have you give us what all my guests give us, and that is the Hannah 101. So tell us who you are and what you do and how you got to where you are today. So I grew up in Hawaii and uh, went to college at Arizona State University, where I I studied industrial design. And industrial design is pretty much product design. Wasn't really into fashion back then, but um, in college, I got really into like sewing swimsuits. Um, And I would literally just like look up like design patterns and like learn how to make swimsuits from watching YouTube videos and just like reading online articles. And that's what got me into like sewing and fashion. And then I decided to like put that onto my website. And that was uh, how I actually got my first job as um, a fashion designer or assistant fashion designer um, at a consultancy. And um, we worked for like Urban Outfitters, Tommy Bahama, uh, True Religion, um, and that's where I like really like immersed myself in fashion. Um, and I loved it for like the first couple of years. But then like I also started to realize that the fashion industry, especially like the fast fashion industry, was uh, no one really cared about you know sustainability. Um, everything was like very fast paced. No one really like dove deep into like the designs uh, and like really thought through like everything. On like a product standpoint, um, and that's what kind of inspired me to start Chiractivewear. So going back into college, what was mm-hmm. it that inspired you to start sewing swimsuits? I mean, I was like moderately to very lightly crafty in college, <laughs> and that's only because I was in a sorority. And so I think it was like kind of a requirement. Um, uh-huh. I'm just kidding. It wasn't a requirement. But um, I cannot imagine like just being like, oh, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to start making swimsuits. And especially like you're at University of Arizona. So it's not like you're even... 
at the beach? I mean, I know you grow up by the beach, but like, what was it that was just all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I think this is something I want to learn how to do. Yeah. Um, I think it was two things. First of all, I was in like the middle of the desert and I was so used to like being outdoors and there wasn't much things. I think I was literally just really bored. (laughs) And second of all, um, I like loved like these like designer swimsuits, but they were like sixty to eighty dollars like per top and bottom, and I like I couldn't afford that as a college student. So I was like, huh, I wonder if I could just like make it myself. So it's like the combination of both. Now, was th- where do you get swimsuit material? This is just maybe this is a dumb question, but w- is this something you can like go to Joanne Fabric and get like <laughs> swimsuit fabric, or is it something you order online? Like, I genuinely have no idea. Yeah, um, I literally just ordered online. I just looked up uh, swimsuit fabric, and there was this one company online that had like a bunch of like different colors, um, and yeah, that's how I ordered them. That's amazing. And so you're you're pretty young. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? <laughs> yeah, I'm 27. Yeah. And so here you are. You're at 27. And you just, uh, I guess you officially launched your Kickstarter last year in 2018. And here you are now in, in 2020. And, you know, you're running this, I mean, this incredible activewear brand. And it's something that, you know, really kind of came out of a you know, kind of a curiosity when you're in college, you're, you're Mm -hmm. making swimsuits, but there's also, um, obviously, you're on the show business with purpose. But there's there's this purpose behind it, there is something that's really unique about what you're doing. And that's your making your the the materials of your activewear from the leggings to the tops are made out of recycled fishnets which is absolutely now we're not talking all right for the people whose minds are in the gutter we're not talking about like fishnet leggings (laughs) y'all or fishnet tights Mm -mm. I get that all the time (laughs) like who who are you contacting are you like never mind I'm getting all these yeah where are you getting all these fishnet tights guys Um, guys. (laughs) yeah that would be uh that would be interesting um okay anyway <laughs> so no you're you're using um fishnets as in the ones that you know these industrial fishermen use and i you know i i just learned this that i had no idea that about you know 46% of the plastic in the pacific ocean is mm-hmm. fishing gear mhm that's Un- I mean, that's basically half. It's basically half of the, the trash that's in the ocean is from pla- the plastic fishing nets. Yeah, and it's something, you know, with the ocean, you really can't tell, like, what's going on underneath, right? Right. So it's something that, like, not a lot of people talk about. Um, people talk about, like, the straws and uh, plastic bags, but, you know, the fishing industry, we all eat fish. The fishing industry is, like, a big percentage of the plastic in the ocean. That is unreal. Now, mm-hmm. can you, in in the work that you've done, um, before we kind of get into the process and, and why this was something that you obviously became really passionate about, um, from the work you've done and the research you've done, how is it that this happens? So, you know, all over mm-hmm. the world, obviously, there are fishermen, large and small. There's these industrial mm-hmm. fishing companies. There's, you know, small fishermen. How does this happen? Like, how do these nets end up polluting the ocean so much? So in some cases, uh, illegal fishermen 
they will deliberately dump their fishing nets into the ocean to avoid getting caught. Um, mm. But mo- a lot of times, it's um, it's usually legal, but you know the fishing gear would get caught or like they would lose their gear due to like poor weather. Um, I think there's a lot of um, reasons why they get lost. Um, but a lot of it is like you know the nets getting caught or uh, poor weather. Yeah, that's well. That's really interesting about the illegal fishermen. I would not that. I'll be honest. That was not a, a scenario that I had pictured. That would be a cause of this. And there's uh, no way of you know regulating it because it's open water. So you know, different areas of the world, like they don't have harsh regulations, or yeah. it's just hard to monitor those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I realize that you know people might think like duh but i never i think really take the time to i think appreciate how huge <laughs> the ocean <laughs> is until i'm either in a plane flying mm-hmm. over the ocean for what feels like 19 hours or <laughs> i am on a cruise and that's actually like yeah. one of my favorite things is like when I go, um, my family and I love Disney cruises. No shame. Um, we love Disney cruises. <laughs> they're like just the best ever. Um, they're the best. <laughs> they're so they're so fun. But one of my favorite things is the last two Disney cruises that we went on, we got um, one of the outside staterooms with a veranda. And I will never cruise again without a veranda for this reason. Because coming out in the morning when the sun is rising or even in the evening when the sun is setting, when the mm-hmm ship is out to sea and you there's just nothing for miles you can't see anything but water Mm. in every direction and there's just something so peaceful about being out there and just the only sounds you hear are the sounds of the water you know you know slapping up against the side of the boat or seeing the sunrise over the ocean and just it's just water for miles and it just really like for me, it just really makes me appreciate God's creation. It makes me appreciate um, just the beauty of it all. But then, like you said, you know, there's this, there's something that's just going on underneath of the water. And that, um, I mean, you know, for even if you're listening and you're not like, you know, you're not the, what is it, the, the Visco girls today? They're like, skip a straw, <laughs> save a turtle. Um, like if you're, if you're not, if you're not one of those people, that's okay. But you can still appreciate and understand like the importance of the ocean. And, and taking care of its ecosystem and, um, and and the fact that there's just there's so much pollution underneath the, the surface is something that there has to be something done about it. And right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what I, one of the things that I think is so incredible about what you're doing is you you saw this problem. You have this. You have this passion um, for the ocean, having grown up in Hawaii and wanting to, you know, just be outside and be active. And then you obviously got this eye for design, and so you realized that there was an opportunity to merge the two passions. And so your 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 activewear is made out of those recycled fishnets. So. Tell me a little bit about how did you come up with that idea? Where did the idea come from? And what does that process look like? So when I was working at the consultancy, the Sumer consultancy, uh, we would have vendors come in all the time, kind of showing us like new innovation in like fabrics and products. Um, And one of the uh, vendors was uh, Luca, this guy from Italy, 
selling fabric made out of recycled fishnets. Um, and at that time, like it wasn't a big deal. Like people weren't really thinking about sustainability as much, but like that was as soon as I saw the fabric and I like felt it and heard like the story, um, I did a little more research on like the industrial fishing industry. Um, but like seeing that fabric got me really excited and the idea to kind of use that fabric to make multifunctional activewear. So one of the things that inspired me to create Kyra Active was um, I love to go to yoga, and but I also like to go surfing. And um, I didn't want to have to like pack two outfits to do those, both of those things. I would usually go to yoga and then go surfing right afterwards. Um, so I wanted to find like a fabric that was able to uh, be like quick wicking and like perfect for both activities. And like this fabric that this man brought in was just like amazing um, for that. So um, I can start talking about, you know, how the fabric is made. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was uh, going to be my next question is how does it go from being <laughs> a fishnet that is pulled out of the ocean, not off of um, a woman's leg um, uh-huh. or a man's? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a fishnet that's pulled out of a, an, the ocean and turned into thread and then made into this fabric and then cut and sewn into leggings or a top. Yeah, of course. So um, so we're, we're partnering with a nonprofit called Healthy Seas. Um, and they have divers that dive into the ocean to retrieve these abandoned fishnets. Um, it's usually from like the Mediterranean, like it, close to Italy. Uh, that's where they, they're based. Um, and so uh, industrial fishing nets are made from nylon. So they take that nylon fishnet to this facility where it's uh, chemically regenerated into back to nylon. Uh, and it's like pure form, I guess. Uh, and that's then made into Econil, which is the patent, like a technology that makes this thread. And then that thread is then uh, sewn in with like spandex to make our fabric. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break from my conversation with Hannah to share with you the brand new spring summer 2020 collection from Sago Designs. The Hopefully Yours collection has everything from handcrafted legacy leather goods to handwoven and block printed textiles. And each piece in this collection is truly something to be treasured and celebrated, just like you. We promise that the pieces in this collection will become treasured items for you, telling not just a story of your personal style, but of hope and resilience and belief. My personal favorites from the Hopefully Yours collection are the vintage satchel in a gorgeous mixed metallic leather, the circle crossbody bag and cognac, which I have been using every single day since I got it, and the beautiful short caftan in hide and seek. I mean, every piece in this collection is stunning, and I know you are going to love it. So to shop the spring-summer, hopefully, yours collection from Seiko Designs, go to SeikoDesigns.com forward slash Molly Stillman. That's S-S-E-K-O Designs.com slash Molly Stillman. Now back to my chat with Hannah. Did you ever watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as a kid? Um, I don't think I've seen that show before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe you're too young. Maybe I'm aging myself. Anyway, so Mr. Rogers, so the maybe the, the people in their 30s and 40s will remember this. So Mr. Rogers, you know, it was on PBS as a kid. And mm-hmm. almost every episode, he would have some type of thing where he'd show you like how something is done or whatever. But there's one episode in 
particular that I mean I'm don't even remember how young I was when I saw it but I'm almost you know I'm 34 and a half now and the half of course is important just like my kids always say (laughs) at their age Um, but you know being here in my mid-30s and I can still remember this episode and some listeners who are watched Mr. Rogers as a kid are probably know what I'm talking about it's the episode where they showed how crayons are made and it was, they went to like this crayon factory and they literally show how the wax is melted and then how it's put into these little, um, you know, these machines where it fills and then like it, you know, quickly forms and hardens the wax yeah. into the shape of a crayon and how it's dyed and then how they put the paper on it. And, you know, so they're showing like how this huge, huge, huge row, like an assembly line type thing of yellow crayons being made. And then you see the other colors. And I remember just being like fascinated, like never having thought about how crayons are made. And I mean, I was a kid and I just colored with crayons. And it never occurred to me that there was maybe somebody on the on the you know on the other end of that crayon that helped to <laughs> to make it and how it even got made and so ever since yeah. I think it kind of spiked this curiosity or sparked this curiosity in me for mm-hmm. how things are made and maybe that translates to why I'm so passionate about ethical fashion and knowing how my things are made today um, it's just like the ad- my adult version oh, wow. of my <laughs> Mr. Rogers you know uh, yeah. fascination but I would love to just see kind of how that process works about do you is that something like do you guys have a video of how that is done and if if not that's okay I'm just I'm asking because I'm genuinely curious as to what that process looks like of you know taking that fishnet in its in its in its current state and you know like you said kind of melting it down to pure nylon and then turning it into fabric yeah I mean that's a really good question Uh, I think the company that we work with they have a video but we personally don't have a video um but I have, so if you go on my website, there's like a little chart of like how it's being made. But oh, cool. I will make um, sure to include that in the show notes for people that are oh, listening. Um, I'll include a link to that so that people can go and, and see. Because, you know, again, I nerd out on stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I think I would love to like actually go to Italy and go to the facility, like take videos of like the volunteer divers and like show the whole process of like our activewear being made from beginning to end in like a video sometime next year. So like, yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. So when you set out to partner with Healthy Seas and you, and you start mm-hmm. out, you started out with the brand. How did you be? How did you really start the beginning process of of forming Kyra Active as a business? Did you, you know, did you kind of seek investors or was it just really you, you kind of had the idea and then you you did the Kickstarter? What did that you know, kind of early process look like for you? Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, this is kind of crazy, but I kind of got a little bit lucky. So um, I feel like whenever you're starting a business, you like underestimate like how much it's going to cost. So I was talking to uh, my dad and I was like, hey, like, I think I want, it was like right after uh, in between jobs, I was trying to figure out what to do next. And my dad was like, maybe you should just start a business. And I was like, actually, I had an idea for a business. Um, And he was like, you should go for it. I'm going to give you two Bitcoins and you should, you know, just start it. Um, I honestly thought it was going to cost like $4,000. So he gave me two Bitcoins. And at that time, they were $2,000 each. And it was in 2017. And that's when like Bitcoin grew to up to like 20,000 at one point. 
Wow. But like, yeah, that's what funded helped, you know, help me with like the development, uh, all the samples and like the Kickstarter video um, in the early stages. That yeah. <laughs> That is incredible. Like, yeah, like you said, just right place, right time. But clearly it was meant to be. I guess so. I had I had no idea like what bitcoins were at that time, um, and yeah, it just became like this thing that year. Um, and yeah, it was really helpful in the beginning stages of Kyra. That is incredible. So here we are in 2020, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Every time I say that, I really want to say it like Barbara Walters. We are here <laughs> in 2020. Um, we are here in the year 2020. What is your vision for Kyra Active? Like, what is your kind of ultimate goal? Mm-hmm. So my goal is to create activewear or any type of clothing like um, that is multifunctional. I feel like we live, you know, I live in like an apartment in Santa Monica. Um, they say like 80% of millennials want to live in cities. And that also means like less space for clothes and like, our items. Yeah. So I want to create clothing that kind of coincides with that life. Like not, I, I, um, I guess like, uh, clothes that are multifunctional. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I would say not even, I would say even people other than millennials are into that right now. That's, that's how I am. I'm like, yeah, I, I need, I need all the things that are versatile, multifunctional. I don't want to have to have 19 different things to serve one purpose. Exactly. And I feel like we're all like experience oriented. So yeah, we shouldn't have to like think about the clothes that you're wearing. Like it should just be like one item that you can just grab and wear for like whatever you want. So I think um, that's like our mission. And that's also like very sustainable to have like less that the, you know, less clothes to do more in. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. so important. And, um, and not to mention that your everything from the line is, is cute it's stylish so I don't know if cute is the right word but you know what I mean like it just it looks really nice it feels really high end and so it is something that you know you can throw it on and go to the gym and then you know throw on something to then just go grocery shopping or you know I mean like or you know if you if you surf I don't surf, but I don't live on the beach. So, uh, you know, you can, um, you can go surfing or, you know, just do whatever I love to hike. So, you know, it's something that you could go for, you know, go hiking in. So it really is something that is multifunctional and, um, looks, looks really nice. And so it's, you know, it's something that I think that anyone who is active, you know, you can then, instead of just buying something, you know, your active wear from, a big box store that isn't going to hold up and isn't going to last you very long. Like you can invest in a little bit of higher quality activewear that you can wear, you know, have is multi-purpose and then also has this component where you're helping to reduce the waste in the oceans. And then also a pro, you know, a portion of the proceeds also go back to this um, incredible initiative. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. So Hannah, so we're going to transition just a little bit um, here at the, in the last few minutes of our interview to just ask you some fun, get to know you questions. It is my listeners favorite part of the show. It's one of my favorite parts of the show as well. So Hannah, are you ready for the get to know you round? I am. All Let's right. go. Awesome. So question number one is what is your guilty pleasure? Ooh, I would have to say chai lattes. I think I have, I got to the point where I had to buy like a carton of milk and like 
a chai for myself so I can have it every single day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Um, question number two, who would you most like to sit next to on a 10 hour flight and why? Ooh, that's so hard. Mm, I would say at the top of my head, um, Sophia Amorosa. Ooh, that's a good yeah. choice. From like Girl Boss and Nasty Girl. I feel like I would love to like, I read her book and like I love her podcast. So like I would love to like talk to her. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. She'd be probably somebody who's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, are you a reader? Do you, are you reading any books right now? Um, I was reading a book. The most recent book I read was um, Open. I hope I'm saying his name right, but uh, it's an autobiography of Andre Agassi, tennis player. Oh, yeah. That was the most recent book that was like recommended and I read and it was good. Oh, yeah. I think, is, is it Andre, Andre Agassi? 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 Okay. Agassi. I, could, uh, yeah. I think it's Agassi. <laughs> I'm not a tennis person I'll be honest but um I'm really not either but like someone recommended it and it was actually a really good book oh good all right well I'm adding Agassi (laughs) yeah I am totally adding that to my to read list so he's I mean he's somebody even if you're not a tennis fan like he's just one of those he's just a legendary sports figure I feel like in our time so yeah absolutely and I I love autobiographies and memoirs that's my favorite genre to read so I will definitely add that to my yeah. list yeah, um, and then you just realize like what it takes to get to that level yeah. and like how he had like this amazing team like yeah, yeah it's a great read oh yeah um, okay, and then my last question is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Oh, good question. Um, I feel like starting a business is so hard. <laughs> There's so many ups, ups and downs that like, I think without a purpose, like I, it's just really impossible to like, be able to have enough you know, passion to keep going. So I feel like, I don't know, without a purpose, there's no point in having a business. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, Hannah, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I will be sure for the listeners, I'll have all of Hannah's information and how you can check out Kyra Active and the work they're doing um, in partnering with Healthy Seas. Um, I'll have all of that in the show notes. Um, Hannah, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was really nice talking to you. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or if there was something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring so many amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out, and thank you for your support. 
be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button to help make sure that you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, would you just take a moment to leave a review for me? That just really helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, the show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with support from Kelly Dalton, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thanks so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose. 